I'm going to introduce Anna McKivitt, who's going to come and speak this week. Yeah, this girl is amazing. This is week four of Breaking Ceilings, which is all about pushing through um, things that can hold us back. And so Anna is coming to speak. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Anna, if you don't know Anna, Anna and Aaron uh, were youth pastors for many years at church here. And I think very highly of them both. And this is, I think, the first time you've spoken at church, um, like in this kind of format. But I have total confidence. I am supremely confident that she will be absolutely amazing. So let's encourage her, eh? Thanks, Dean. Thanks, everyone. Um, Just to add to what the lovely ladies said about the garden party, I was also there yesterday and it was so much fun. It was, um, we had Rachel Field come and speak with us um, about Hagar. She was a little bit late due to a traffic accident, but she got there. Um, And yeah, it was really encouraging hearing what she shared, um, challenging as well. So, and thank you so much to the team who put it all together. It was amazing. Um, well, good morning, church family. It's an honour to be asked to speak this morning um, as the last part of the series, Breaking Glass Ceilings, which also happens to be the last series of this year, 2020. What a year. Where has it gone? Um, I've found myself wondering this often recently, um, as it's been quite a roller coaster of a year. But I reckon this series has been a wonderful opportunity to hear some stories of hope, grief, and overcoming. And today, I will hopefully be able to bring it all together by sharing about seeking after wisdom and truth. Um, So three weeks ago, we heard from Dean as he spoke about self-talk and changing the ways in which we think and speak to ourselves. We then heard from Mallory, who shared about pride and how she was able to overcome her own self-centered ideas about how to serve God and instead say yes to what he was asking of her. Then last week, we heard from Trevor and Viv as they vulnerably shared about the tragic loss of their young son and the dark night of the soul that followed as they grieved and clung to God in the midst of a really difficult time. As I have reflected on this topic and where the series has gone so far, there have been so many things that I was planning on saying that have already been said by other people. So at first, I'm thinking, awesome, nice one, Anna. Definitely shouldn't have volunteered to go last. (laughs) But as the weeks have gone on, I really believe that there's something that God wants to say to us through this series. So bear with me as I do my best to try and weave it all together today. On our own, we, we don't simply know what to do. The difficulty of life, the complexity of relating to others, the challenge of living through life's circumstances drives us to need more resources and answers. Our busy, energy-sapping, responsibility-filled lives mean that this isn't always possible. When are we meant to find time for reading books, seeking help, or gaining wise counsel? On top of all this, there's so much pressure out there today to go it alone, to not need help from other people, and to find all the answers within ourselves. As a mum of two young boys, a lot of my chatting time is with mums across the kindy or play centre playground. I really love talking about parenting, swapping ideas, discussing our kids' different interests, 
and celebrating our kids' wins together. We share challenges and issues, giving each other ideas and help. I also occasionally do research, and through this I've become a part of one or two mum groups on Facebook. While these have proven useful from time to time with questions about rashes, I've also come upon heartbreaking story upon heartbreaking story of mums out there trying to do it alone, reaching out to strangers on the internet for help and guidance. I mean, it's good that they're reaching out for help, but the responses that flood onto these posts of real-life relationship struggles are often hugely unhelpful. For example, you just do what's best for you. It makes me feel really sad when I see the shallow advice that people are given. Conventional wisdom isn't actually helping anyone. People out there are lost and desperate for real help. If only there was an ancient path, if only there was a narrow way. I want to begin today by reading from the Bible, so turn or scroll with me to Proverbs 4. Um, I'm going to read the whole proverb, so settle in. I think it's going to come up on the screen too. Yes, cool. Um, Proverbs 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. <laughs> Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland to, crown your, to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction, do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of the evildoers. Avoid it, do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the, till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. How amazing is this proverb? We've been hearing about breaking through in certain struggles and areas of life, and I want to challenge and encourage us all today 
that we will be so much better equipped to face the difficulties of life when we listen to and apply Proverbs 4 by getting wisdom though it costs you all you have. I know this is a bit of a long proverb and it might seem wordy and complicated, but it is actually just saying the same thing over and over again. That wisdom is really, really important. Wisdom will give us life and it will bring us true freedom. So today I want to share with you three pieces of wisdom that I have learned through the lessons life has brought my way. I want to give you some examples from my own life and make this a bit practical for us. So the first lesson or thing is um, comfort and convenience. So when I was fresh out of high school, I became a youth leader with the youth group at this church. We had just got a new youth pastor called Lily, some of you may remember her, and she was gathering up a team of young and willing people who could help out. I was keen, however I had a lot of growing to do. At first, it was all fun and games, getting to know the kids and building relationships with them and being a fun older person they could talk to about things. That was all stuff that I could do quite easily on my own. But when it came to discipling others through praying for them, giving them biblical answers about things or helping them with faith-based questions, I quickly realised that if I was going to be useful in my role as a youth leader, I needed to take seriously the responsibility I had been given and prioritise my own spiritual growth. You can't lead anyone further than you've gone yourself. And if we are hoping to be useful disciples of Jesus, then we need to have a living and active relationship with God. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to live in us each and every day, and we need to have daily disciplines that make space for God and keep our minds and hearts focused on Him. Proverbs 4 talks about how in the Word of God, there is real truth that can be applied to all troubles of the soul. Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Taking hold of God's words with all our hearts means that we need to be committed to finding the truth. The Bible is God's word and is filled with truth. Words of life, encouragement and instruction. We also need to surround ourselves with people who love the truth and live by the commands of God. These people will spur us on and encourage us when we need it and will also keep us accountable when, we can see, when they can see that we're not living in God's truth. So where are you seeking wisdom to serve those around you and help encourage others in God? The next thing I'd like to highlight is the concept that you are what you love. James K.A. Smith writes in his book, You Are What You Love, shout out to Luke who lent it to me, that we are affected sometimes deeply by the things that we spend our time, money and effort doing. It has really opened my eyes that all of the things we do are actually also doing something to us. We can be fooled into thinking that we can just go about life doing whatever we want to, spending money on whatever we please, giving our time to selfish and harmful pursuits, and that these things won't affect us, our relationship with God, or our mental and physical health. All of the things we do are forming and shaping us. 
Smith describes our lives as a series of loves, which when ordered incorrectly can cause us to be greatly unsettled. Here's a small example of how subtle these wrongly ordered loves can be. I grew up loving shopping. I shopped as a hobby. I often did it with others, making it a social activity as well. As I got older and had a full-time job, I shopped because I wanted to. I felt like it, deserved it, or just because I was tired after a busy day and shopping relaxed me. Now don't get me wrong, my shopping was never out of control. I didn't spend beyond my means and it didn't cause problems in my marriage. But the scary thing is that I had absolutely no idea that all of this thinking was going on in my subconscious. I had never considered it. My trips to the mall weren't just about me going shopping. It was, I was also being influenced to want more things and to never be satisfied with what I already had. So fast forward to this year, and I had to make some serious changes to my thinking to deal with this unordered love. Because I realized that shopping was something I craved doing when I was absolutely tired, at my wits end, and in need of some comfort. I decided that I wanted to minimize the things in my life that I was using as a comfort, and instead allow the Holy Spirit to comfort me. It is amazing how much closeness and peace I have experienced with God since adopting this mindset. In Proverbs 4, which we read earlier, it tells us, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I believe this is really key when we're talking about gaining wisdom and understanding in our lives. We need to ensure that the things we are giving our love to are ordered correctly, and ideally, we will have God at the very top of our list. We want to become disciples of God, and the book You Are What You Love defines discipleship as hungering and thirsting after God, rather than merely knowing and believing. Psalm 42 verse 1 to 2 says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living water. Can we really say that we are so dependent on God that we are as in need of Him as a thirsty deer is of water? Which of our loves are in the wrong order and need to be changed? The third thing I'd like to talk about is the fear of man. So after being married um, just a couple of years, Bruce and Jeanette came back from a two-week trip to Nelson, having done a course called Living Wisdom. They told us some stories about how life-changing and incredible the course was, followed by, we wish we had done this when we were in our 20s. It wasn't too long after that that Aaron and I were heading down to Nelson too to follow in their footsteps and hopefully become more wise. Well, the course was indeed incredible and we had our minds blown in new ways every single day. But one memory really stands out to me. On the last day of class, David, the teacher, offered all the students the opportunity for prayer to step forward and receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was immediately keen. However, almost instantly, an internal dialogue in my brain began telling me all the reasons why I shouldn't. What if nothing happens and I look silly? People will think I don't actually know God very well if I say yes. I'm actually doing fine on my own. I'm sure there are lots of other people who need help more than me. 
and on and on I could go. Almost as though David was reading my mind, he asked one of the most powerful questions I had ever heard. Do you want more of God or not? Instantly I realised that I was putting far more importance on what other people thought about me than what God thought. And this was actually keeping me stagnant in the depth of my relationship with God. This was something that I had done for much of my life. And it truly was the question, do you want more of God or not, that enabled me to gain a new depth of wisdom and insight into how much I feared others' opinions of me. So, do you want more of God or not? Following the narrow way is not always easy, but it is totally worth it. Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. There's nothing more inspiring and helpful than seeing up close the lives of those who are a bit further down the road than you are. For Aaron and I, a couple that we have seen up close are Neville and Karen Bartley. Some of you may know them. Neville is the National Youth Director for Scripture Union. Um, he's spoken here before, and he also runs a Scripture Union camp that we've led at a number of times. They have mentored and helped us over the years and are an incredible example of following the narrow path and being dedicated to the truth. They live their lives willing to do anything and go anywhere that God is asking. They don't see their resources as their own, but rather as God's provision to them. And so they're able to continue saying yes to God without being held back by comfort, convenience, loving the wrong things or the fear of man. They have utter dependence on God. So this morning we've talked about Proverbs 4, which teaches us about the importance of gaining wisdom and understanding. I've shared about three challenges that I have faced in my search for wisdom. The challenge of not getting stuck in comfort and convenience, and that taking hold of God's words with all our hearts means we need to be committed to finding the truth. Next, the importance of having correctly ordered loves and how we must guard our heart for everything we do flows from it. What we do is also forming us. And lastly, overcoming the fear of man in order to be available to say yes to what God is asking of us. And finally, we can consider the empowering question, do you want more of God or not? Wisdom is truly important. Wisdom gives us life and it brings true freedom. So the choice is ours, to follow the narrow path that brings an abundant life of seeking wisdom and understanding, or to follow the broad road that many will go down which leads to destruction. Jesus came so that we may have life and choose the way of the narrow path. We can face the challenges of life with God by our side and we will be so much stronger in Him when we have truth and wisdom deeply rooted in our lives. So let's practice taking the advice of the author of Proverbs as we take hold of wisdom's words with all our heart, keep its commands, and have life. Thank you.
what did I say? What did I say? She was amazing, wasn't she? That was absolutely amazing, Anna. So many take-homes, brilliant stuff. Hey, Anna and I were talking last week and again this week, and one of the things that we really feel is we've done four weeks and a whole bunch of different topics have been spoken about and maybe through that time you've been challenged in different areas I mean last week it was Trevor and Viv uh, such a powerful um, week that that week and the other weeks have been powerful and, and every week has been quite different in the way it's shaped um, shaped out and one of the things that we really feel is maybe stuff is stirred up in you through the weeks and you actually want to get some prayer. So we're actually going to, this morning, actually move to uh, band are just going to start playing and and the altar is just going to be open. So if you want prayer, just come forward. Uh, You might might want, Anna talked about reaching out for the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit. You haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit and you want to get prayer for that. Maybe uh, there's some things that came have come up in the other weeks that you would really like to get some prayer in. Come forward and get some prayer. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of, well, anything other than you want to come forward and get some prayer. So don't worry about what other people are, what, what they're seeing or that they're watching. It's not about other people. It's about you and it's about God. And it's about encounters in that. So don't don't worry about, you know, sometimes I, I worry that we come to church and we're so respectable. And I think God, that one of the best pictures that I have as to live my life is David when he danced through the streets because they had gone off and returned with the ark of the covenant. And David was so excited that they had brought it home, that he danced practically naked. He wasn't naked, but he was practically naked. And his wife despised him at that point. She looked down and she saw him and she abused him for it and said that he was dancing in front of a bunch of his servant girls. And But she missed the whole point. And it says that after that, she actually became, she, she wasn't fruitful after that. But the thing I love about David, he didn't care who was around. He didn't care the fact that he was the king and he was meant to be respectable. He didn't care the fact that, you know, there was a way, an order that he was meant to walk down the street and and act all proper. No, he danced crazy before God and he didn't give two hoots who was watching. And he actually said that. He said, you know, yeah, sure. I dance like this and in the future I may be even worse. I may dance even more. I may be even more radical and thankfully won't take more clothes off. But, uh, you know, but he was really ready to just ignore what he looked like on the outside and just go hard for God. And I want us to be like that, where we hunger for God, for God's best in our lives. And as we come up to Christmas, I don't want us to go into Christmas carrying stuff that could have been dealt with here today, but isn't dealt with. So please, uh, if we can drop the lights down to worship and uh, band's just going to sing, come forward, get prayer. If you don't need to, feel free to stay where you are. We'll do that for a little while and then we'll close service.